So I'm going to start by reading uh, the passage that uh, John preached on last week, and that's Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13. Cool. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living, blah, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So, basically what's happening here is Paul is saying, I got your gifts. Thank you. They were incredible. I love you guys. You're awesome. At a high-level sense, I didn't need them because I have all I need in Jesus. But again, thank you. You're awesome. So it's kind of a summary of, of what you're seeing here. And there's going to be a lot of that. <clears throat> and last week, John mentioned something just sort of in passing that I could tell he probably wants to spend a little bit more time on. And I'm going to, like a good improv partner, take what he said and yes and and elaborate on it. He talked about the word content that's being used here, and he said it conveys a sense of independence. And I dusted off my three semesters of Greek I took in college, and I looked at that word. And it's a word that appears nowhere else in scripture, autarkes. And it's the normal word that we use for content within scripture, but with autos thrown in front of it. You may recognize that from auto, automobile, automatic, something that generates itself. And what's kind of crazy is, what Paul is actually saying is he's conveying a sense of self-sufficiency. Autarkes is a word that's elsewhere used to describe a country that doesn't accept imports. Like, nope, got what I need, I'm good, thanks. So like, Matt, I love you, but if you've ever played any sort of trading or negotiation game with Matt Roshansky, the first 80% of it is him just being autarkes. He just kind of sits on what he has and just doesn't do anything with it. And anyways, and finally something happens. And so when you think about content in that situation, it's kind of crazy what Paul's conveying here because what he's conveying is that the secret to true self-sufficiency is relying on someone else's strength. And that's something that's kind of stood with, stuck with me all this week. The secret to true self-sufficiency is relying on someone else's strength. And that's one of those like paradoxes within Christianity because you're like, okay, got it, the idea of self-sufficiency. And it's like, if you really want like a true sense of I'm good, my, my needs are met, I'm filled, you need to look to someone else's strength. And so if you want to navigate, and he, again, he talked about the idea of navigating life's peaks, valleys. It's days, good days, good mornings, good months, peaks, valleys, good years, bad years, good weeks within, bad years, like all of it. And if you want to learn how to healthily navigate all that, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. And so learning how to live applies to parts of days, weeks. It's learning how to be in plenty and learning how to be in need. And so I'm going to talk about those two ideas, learning how to live in plenty and learning how to live in need. And learning how to live in plenty is actually something we don't really talk a lot about, but it's actually something we should. And it reminds me a lot of something that came up when I was training for the half marathon I ran a few weeks ago. I was talking to someone, and he said, one thing that really helped me was learning how to run downhill. And I was like, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. What are you talking about? You're running downhill. There's nothing to do. And he said, if you do it poorly, it hurts. It throws off the rest of your groove, your feet hurt, your thighs pound, and what should be easier is actually harder. And so I was like, okay, what should I do? He's like, keep your posture up, lean forward, 
don't actually run, just put one foot in front of the other. And so I implemented that in training, night and day difference. Night and day difference. I would run, like there were parts of the, the trail, you know, the rails trail that are pretty downhill. You can run a mile and you don't even know it because it's downhill and you're just putting one foot in front of the other. And I was thinking about that in the context of living in plenty because one of the things that, you know, I journal. And so I, when I look back on entries that I'm like, wow, this was really good, almost none of them come from times of plenty. Almost all of them are when life is just like really bad and like the deep-seated theological, like, oh, this is excellent, comes from times of suffering. And I'm looking back, I'm like, I remember life was pretty good. Like, wasn't I grateful? And there's like nothing there. It's like, yeah, I don't know, it was a nice day out. And I was like, huh, okay. And there are all sorts of pitfalls to living in plenty, right? You can um, just kind of hoard. You can get a little bit selfish. I think something I tend to fall prey to, and again, I'm talking about days, weeks, doesn't matter how short a time frame you want to talk about. One of the things I fall victim to is a sense of, entitlement like I was owed this last week was trash this week's been good I deserved that and then there are just other days where like it's been a good month and then I walk outside and I'm like all right I'm due to get lit up what's what's gonna go wrong all sorts of pitfalls or another one I'll fall into is especially with like churchy trips that went particularly well I'll try to like recreate the circumstances of that and it, like, it never works, right? Like at the end of the first Chronicles, of, or whatever, say a second, whatever. At the end of Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, when the kids are like, I want to go back to Narnia. And the person's like, you're not going to get in that way. You'll get in when you least expect it, but you can't recreate that. You're not going to get the same way twice. And I was like, yeah, all right. So this is all stuff I've been thinking about for the last week. Abundance is like my ideal. Like abundance, if you think about it, is all of our ideal. It's what we want. We want to live in plenty. And like I waste it. Like I don't. I don't actively reflect, thank you, Lord, for this gift. Thank you, Lord, for this time where things are going somewhat smoothly. And again, when I say in plenty, I'm talking physical, fiscal, emotional, spiritual, mental, any kind of living in plenty. And truthfully, as I've looked back on the last, whatever, five years or so of my life, like I've squandered times of plenty because I just sort of coast. I out our case. I, All right, I got it. Self-sufficiency. We're good. I'm going to keep it moving. And what ends up happening is, coming out of that, rather than feeling rested, I get bitter that it's over. I was like, oh, that, that was great. Why, like, why do you hate me? Like, rather than, you know, I just spent, like, I, I was thinking in particular of, like, October of 2021 through May of 2022. Um, one of the, my least favorite people I've ever worked with left the company. Ran a half marathon. My student loans got paid off. Like, Sharon and I were finally able to have something that resembled a savings account. It was a pretty nice six months. And then... All of a sudden, we learn first week of June that Sherry's expecting a baby. And like, rather than me feeling refreshed after that time, it was just like, oh my gosh, everything's just, I'm overwhelmed. And so that's kind of what I just want to, for that first part, is to talk about, hey, think about, think about living in plenty and think about actively expending effort during a time of plenty. Could be a morning, could be an hour, could be a year, week, whatever actively spend time and doing that which draws you closer to God. It could be journaling, it could be praying, it could be reading, whatever. But just even in a time of plenty, don't squander a time of plenty. Don't squander it. Uh, and thinking about like living through times of need. Um, different people handle times of need differently. I try to just plow through it, just put my head down, push through. This is bad, but again, it's out our case. It's, I try to be self-sufficient. I got this, I can just 
just go and you can ask Sherry. And she's like, you're tired, will you stop? And I'm just like lying there, never. Uh, <laughs> I got this. Um, and you know, I'll get mad that there's no logic or reason. And you know, depending on what's going on, I just try to like, all right, this will be over soon. I'm just gonna ride it out rather than, rather than facing what's going on. So Paul talks about, again, actively spending time learning how to live in a time of need. And whatever it is that will draw you closer to Jesus, do that. Because, again, the true secret to self-sufficiency is relying on someone else's strength. So in a time of need, do what draws you closer to Jesus. Pray, journal, read, go outside, take a walk, whatever. Whatever that might be. And... You know, just sort of the last thing, or two more things before I wrap up really quickly. The I can do all things passage. It's a really good passage that has gotten hijacked. Um, right? Because it, it conveys like sort of like extremism. Like you hear athletes talking about it. Like I can do anything. Like it's usually in the context of like you can go make that team. You can go get that job. You can climb K2. Whatever it is. But really like it's so much more helpful as a passage that basically just says you're having a bad Tuesday. You can handle it. You're having a really crummy morning. You've got that. You had a great morning within an otherwise bad Tuesday. You can handle that. And that's just so much more helpful. Like just taking what normally is just like this huge extreme passage of like, you can do whatever. And just, no, you can actually do whatever. Like kids acting up, you can handle that. Coworkers being a pill, you can handle that. You're in a really dark time in your life. You can handle that. And that's just, it's a beautiful promise, like just to being able to handle life's peaks, valleys, whatever, with a sense of consistency. Because my default is to just whatever, whatever situation life's in, that's, that's my mood. Like life's going good, I'm like really happy, and life's going crummy, and I'm really crummy. So I can do all things. And then again, like I said, just do the things that remind you to focus on Jesus in your life. High, low, whatever. But actively spend that effort and don't make the mistake of life's going pretty smoothly I got this or don't make the mistake of life's going badly God doesn't want me to be around or God's angry at me or whatever other traps that you fall into during times of lacking and so you know for me that's taking a walk in silence I think my default is like when I go for a walk I'll put a podcast in I'll try to listen to something but like it's a night and day difference on days when I take a walk in just absolute silence and days when I'm just like, yeah, today's, today's fine. I got this. Work's going smoothly. I'll put a, you know, whatever, put a podcast in. Um, and also just journaling. And again, night and day difference. It's a night and day difference. So, yeah, those are my, I don't know how long I spent, ramblings on uh, Philippians 4, 10 through 13.